This is Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole, with your host Sue Bushka from Bushka Retirement Solutions and Cole Bruner from Bushka Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Sue and Cole provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here with the financial information you need are Sue and Cole. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. My name is Cole Bruner from Bushka Wealth Management, and joining me as usual is my mom, Sue Bushka from Bushka Retirement Solutions, as well as our co-host, Tony Shore. Now, listeners, if you at any point during today's show you want to get a little bit more information about what we're talking about today, feel free to give us a call at 715 355 4445 or visit our website at retirewithbushka.com. That's retirewithbuska.com. And of course, while you're at the website, make sure you check out the radio and TV show pages. We've got all of our previous episodes, uh, or some of our most recent episodes, I should say, uploaded on the website there. And of course, you can always schedule a consultation with us anytime. Of course, those consultations are no cost and no obligation whatsoever. And you can set up a face-to-face or a virtual meeting, depending on your preference. And you can reach us to do that at 715-355-4445. Or you can uh, uh, visit the website, retirewithbushka.com. Click on that yellow Book Now button that appears throughout the site. And that will take you right to our calendar so you can schedule right then and there. Now, for many of the folks that we're lucky enough to work with, Social Security is a really critical part of their overall retirement strategy. And really, they're not alone. According to the AARP, Social Security pays out almost $100 billion a month to around 65 million retirees. And a 2020 study referenced by AARP indicates that a whopping 90% of U.S. adults support the program. So in this day and age, there aren't many things that 90% of people can get behind. Now, of course, when you have so many people relying on something like Social Security, it's only natural for rumors and myths to abound. So during this episode, we're going to address some of the most common Social Security myths um, head on. But before we address those myths and the realities of Social Security, let's make sure to say hello to everyone here with us today, Tony and Sue. Tony, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing great. Uh, Just crazy, frantic, busy because my son is getting married this weekend. So (laughs) that sounds exciting. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks. There's that. Um, And that's kept me really busy. Uh, How about you guys, Sue? What have you been up to? Oh, you know, just working, working, waiting for spring to come. That's, you know, my big thing. Yeah. Just waiting for spring. Waiting for spring. Yeah, I mean. Winter winter keeps teasing us. So, yeah, I mean, know, it's I April. <laughs> uh, we shouldn't be having uh, snow. We shouldn't be having cold yeah. weather. Uh, April should be spring weather. I wish it was. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I hope your son has good weather for his wedding. Yeah, it's inside, so that'll... Well, yeah. thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a, a bit nicer, hopefully. So uh, that's good. But we'll see. Uh, Cole, how, how about yourself? What are you up to? 
Well, you know, not much. Just, uh, you know, enjoying my time here on the radio with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the highlight of but, each uh, and every week. Oh, I yeah, know that. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but no, you know, everything's been going well and uh, we've been busy helping lots of people get ready for retirement. It seems like over the last year or so, the number of people that want to retire has really increased. So. I'm sure some of our listeners are finding themselves in that same category. So uh, they've been keeping us real busy lately. That's for sure. Sure. Well, I I know that you have a lot of folks you work with and uh, when they retire, uh, that's a busy time and want to make sure all uh, the ducks are in a row and the plan is well executed. I know you work hard for your clients, both of you. Um, But Social Security is a big part of that. Obviously, it's the foundation of any solid retirement plan. But some people wonder if it's going to be there when they retire or if the benefits are going to shrink or what's going to happen with annual cost of living adjustments. So the more you need something, the more you worry about it, I guess. So uh, let's get to some of these uh, Social Security uh, myths and uh, realities out there. That's right, Tony. There was actually an ARP article entitled 10 Social Security Myths That Refuse to Die. And it addresses some of the most commonly heard myths. Now, the first one of which is that Social Security is going broke. Now, here's the first fact on this one. Because Social Security is a pay-as-you-go system, as long as American workers and their employers are paying payroll taxes, the program won't run out of money. Okay, that's good to know. But why do you think this myth refuses to die? Well, probably because while Social Security isn't going broke, it does face some challenges. And now, as that article that my mom mentioned notes, the program took in more than it paid out for several decades, leading to a nearly $3 trillion surplus by the end of 2020. However, as it currently stands, the program is beginning to pay out more than it's taking in. And this is, of course, happening because the population of retirees is living longer and growing faster than the working population. So without any changes to the program, that nearly $3 trillion surplus is expected to run dry by about 2034. Wow. Okay. So that seems a little more alarming to me. (laughs) Well, that's understandable. But the program won't go broke even once the surplus is gone. At that point, Social Security would still bring in enough money to pay about 78% of benefits. Now, Congress would then need to figure out a way to make up for that missing 22%. But let me interject my opinion here. Now, given how important Social Security is to so many people, 90% uh, support in that ARP survey we, we mentioned I don't think Congress is going to let the program wither. Uh, No, I I think that's a fair point, Sue. I I think most members of Congress actually want to get reelected. So (laughs) advocating for Social Security and uh, keeping it solvent is uh, a good way to keep their jobs. Absolutely. That's a good point, Tony. Now, the next common myth is that Social Security age is 65. Uh, The reality is that the full retirement age is 66 and two months for folks born in 1955, 66 and four months for people that are born in 1956. And during the next handful of years, the full retirement age will nudge up in two month increments until it's age 67 for those who are born in 1960 or later. 
So the age 65 myth has lived on because when Social Security was enacted in 1935, 65 was the eligibility age. Decades later, they reduced the minimum eligibility age to 62, at which point you could take a reduced benefit, but 65 remained the full retirement age. And it changed in 1983 when the full retirement age went up in order to reduce the program's cost. Uh, 2002, which was the last year in which people who turned 65 could receive their benefit. Mm. Yeah, that was the last year. So uh, I find that interesting. I didn't know the history behind the changes to full retirement age, and I guess that's uh, something that they could change to help keep it solvent, right? That's right. And as we've lived longer and healthier lives, the full retirement age has had to go yeah. up. Now, the, the next myth that I've heard a lot during my career is that the annual cost of living adjustment, or COLA, is automatic. Now, by law, benefits must be adjusted annually to keep up with inflation, but that doesn't necessarily mean a yearly COLA jump. Well, COLA is linked to the federal index of prices for certain consumer goods and services, which is called the CPI-W. Now, Social Security benefits are adjusted yearly according to the changes in the CPI-W from the third quarter of one year to the third quarter of the next year. So, for example, in 2021, the CPI-W showed a 5.9% jump in prices. So, benefits will be 5.9% higher this year. Okay, so that that's good news at least for folks this year. Uh, that is a big jump, uh, 5.9% uh, jump for inflation. Of course, it seems like inflation has is, is gone even higher than that, uh, as usual. But no price jump, no jump in the COLA. I get that. That's exactly right. And if the CPIW doesn't show a measurable price jump, that indicates that we have little to no inflation, meaning your monthly Social Security check isn't going to be any bigger. Now, since the current formula went into effect, this very scenario has played out three times in 2010, 2011, and 2016. So regardless of whether or not the formula calls for an increase in benefits, this process is automatic. Sure. So we've had three years and not that long ago where there was no cost of living adjustment. Uh, and right. and that CPIW, that's not uh, the actual inflation rate. Again, that's the consumer price index as the government calculates it, uh, which doesn't take right. into a lot of things we and, of course, a lot of seniors use. But this is good information to have. So uh, we should probably take a quick break here pretty soon. Uh, do you have anything else for us before we do? Well, just a reminder for our listeners that they can schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation anytime by calling our office at 715-355-4445 or visiting retirewithbushka.com. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Sue and Cole. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole after this. Most people plan on taking their Social Security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Bushka Retirement Solutions at 715-355-4445 or visit retirewithbushka.com to request your complimentary Social Security Maximization Report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. And welcome back to Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. 
And during today's show, Sue and Cole, you've been looking at some of these commonly held myths that are out there when it comes to Social Security. And I think for a lot of people, obviously, Social Security is going to be a key component of their retirement strategy, which is going to increase anxiety about the program and its future. And will it be there? How much will I be able to get? So what's the next Social Security myth you have for us? Well, Tony, the next myth from that ARP article that I had mentioned in the first segment is that members of Congress don't have to pay into Social Security. Now, it's long been a common complaint that members of Congress don't give Social Security the proper amount of attention because it doesn't cover them. However, since 1984, members of Congress, as well as other federal employees, have been part of the program. Now, before 1984, members of Congress didn't pay into Social Security because they were part of the Civil Service Retirement System, or CSRS. Now, those who were in office before the beginning of 1984 could continue utilizing CSRS, but only in conjunction with Social Security. Now, those elected after January 1st, 1984, are covered by Social Security and the pension plan that replaced CSRS. Okay, I'm glad you cleared that up for us, Sue, because that is something, a myth I'd heard many times, and I didn't realize that that had changed. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, What's the next one, Cole? Well, the next common myth is that the government will dip into Social Security to fund other government programs. Now, the two trust funds that pay out Social Security, one for retirees and their survivors and the other for people with disabilities, are not part of the government's general fund. However, the government can and does borrow from Social Security. Uh, Social Security's tax revenue is invested in special U.S. Treasury securities. Like with other Treasury Department bonds, the government can spend the money on numerous programs. But like with any bondholder, the Treasury has to pay the money back with interest. Social Security redeems these securities to meet its responsibilities. Now, that borrowing powers the rumor that the government is snatching money from Social Security and leaving a pile of IOUs behind. But in reality, the government has always repaid the money in full, actually. That's that's good. That's a relief. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and another rumor I've heard, and, and there are people out there, I think, who view Social Security as some type of personal retirement savings account. Uh, Where does that fall, Sue, in that myth versus reality scale? Well, the government doesn't hold your payroll tax contributions in a personal account that's eventually paid out to you with interest after you retire. Your Social Security benefit is uh, determined by the amount of money you earned during your career, not on how much you kick into the system. So again, your contributions cover benefits for current retirees, and when you retire, those still working will help cover your benefits. Now, rather than thinking of Social Security as a retirement account, like a 401k or an IRA, it's better to think of it like an earned benefit the government will pay you so that you have some level of income during your golden years. Yeah, something you know will be there to supplement what you've saved, obviously. Uh, so, and when Sue, when you say some level of income, how much are you talking about? Well, Social Security wasn't designed to replace the entire amount of money you made while you were working. 
For most folks, Social Security will provide roughly 40% of pre-retirement earnings. Okay, and thanks for clearing that up. That's really helpful. And Cole, I've got one for you. I've heard this one a lot. You don't pay taxes on your Social Security benefit. A lot of people believe that. Is that myth or reality? Sadly, that one is a myth, Tony, at least after 1984 anyways. Now, that year, Congress passed a Social Security overhaul uh, that, among other things, dictated that a portion of your Social Security benefits are potentially taxable. Now, the amount that you will pay will depend on your income level. You'll pay federal income tax on as much as 50% of your benefit if your income for the year is between $25,000 and $34,000 for an individual or between $32,000 and $44,000 for joint filers. Okay, what about state taxes? Well, you will owe state taxes on your Social Security benefit if you live in Colorado, Connecticut, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Mexico, Rhode Island, Vermont, Utah, or West Virginia. Notice I did not say Wisconsin. Yay, you didn't say Wisconsin. That's that's good. <laughs> that's good. Don't have to worry about the state taxing the Social Security there. Um, so considering everything you've both told us so far, it, it inspires me to note that s- the social security and having a strategy is yet another really good reason to work closely with, uh, financial services professionals like yourselves, right? That's right, Tony. And another commonly held myth is that your ex-spouse's benefits come out of your own. Now, the fact Uh, uh, is that if you're divorced, your former spouse may be eligible to receive Social Security based on your earnings history. Now, similar to benefits for a current spouse. Now, these can be as much as uh, 50% of the benefit amount that you'll receive when you reach your full retirement age. But here's the really important part. Benefits for your current Uh, or ex-spouse, don't shrink your own benefit. They're separate payments that don't affect the size of your monthly check. Ah, okay. Uh, So no matter what, you get the benefits you're entitled to. I like that a lot. Uh, I'm glad you shared that with us, Sue. Now, uh, Cole, what's another myth uh, that you've heard out there? Well, here's another one that I bet many of our listeners today have heard of. Uh, You'll permanently lose benefits if you choose to keep working. Social Security does have an earnings limit rule that temporarily um, slashes the benefits of folks who are still working. However, the rule doesn't impact all working beneficiaries, and it's also temporary. The, The rule covers those who take benefits before their full retirement age and continue to work. And in this scenario, Social Security will withhold a portion of benefits if their earnings from a job rise above a set cap. Now, that cap does change every year and differs depending on how close you are to your full retirement age. Okay, so you still have to watch it and plan for it if you're planning on working uh, in retirement uh, or taking Social Security and continuing to work. Again, uh, you want to make sure you have a strategy to deal with that and work with a financial services professional like yourselves. And speaking of that, we should probably take another quick break here. Cole, do you have anything you want to add before the break? Well, I'll remind our listeners once again that, of course, they can call and schedule a complimentary, no-obligation consultation anytime at 715-355-4445, or they can go online to retirewithbushka.com and click on that yellow Book Now button to get on our calendar right away. All right. Sounds good. 
Thank you so much. And listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Retirement can be both exciting and intimidating. At Bushka Retirement Solutions, we have found many people fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. Since deciding when to file for your benefit is so important, our firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. Give us a call at 715-355-4445 or retirewithbushka.com to get your copy. And welcome back to Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. I'm here with our host, Sue Bushka and Cole Bruner. And Sue and Cole, great show today so far. You've debunked a lot of common social security myths that are out there floating around. And a couple of them actually surprised me. So uh, what do you have for us in today's final segment? Well, Tony, we're going to stick with social security but shift our focus a bit to look at some of the things Social Security provides that you might not even be aware of. There was another ARP uh, article entitled Eight Things You Didn't Know Social Security Could Do For You, and it has some really useful information. Now, the first of which is expedited disability claims. Now, in 2021, the average time for processing a Social Security disability claim was more than five months. And you should note that that's just for the initial application. Now, it can take several more months, perhaps even years, to peel a claim if it's denied. Now, thankfully, the Compassionate Allowances Program listed more than 250 serious medical conditions that meet the standard for disability. Applications for Social Security Disability Insurance or supplemental uh, security income that include one of the conditions from that list can be approved in um, in a mere matter of days. Okay. So a wait of many months could be devastating, I would think, for somebody maybe with a serious illness. So uh, those uh, compassionate allowances, uh, that program certainly sounds like a dose of good news for some people out there. Oh, absolutely. Now, representative payee services are also available for beneficiaries who may not be able to uh, handle their own payments. Representative payees often work with young children and people with cognitive disorders and developmental disabilities. A representative payee is appointed by Social Security and they have the authority to receive another person's benefits and use them to handle that person's needs for things like food, shelter, health care and other essentials. And generally, a representative payee is a family member or a friend, though in certain circumstances, organizations like nursing homes may be appointed to handle that role. Social Security takes steps to hold payees accountable for how the money is being spent and using the money for personal expenses is uh, strictly prohibited. Sure, sure. So no pizza buffets for me with that money. No pizza buffets for you. Well, I'm glad you mentioned (laughs) that. I'd never heard about that, a representative payee um, uh, and Social Security uh, disability uh, payout. So uh, that's an interesting one. Now, I have a question. The price of prescription drugs, obviously it's in the news a lot. Uh, Prices go up. Does Social Security provide any relief on that front? Well, uh, there's a program called Extra Help, 
which is operated by Social Security and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and it may be able to reduce prescription drug costs for low-income Medicare recipients by an estimated $5,100 per year. Now, the money can be used for premiums, deductibles, and co-pays associated with the Medicare drug plan. Now, the program is available to those enrolled in Medicare Part A and or Part B who have an income of no more than $20,385 for an individual or $27,465 for married couples who live together. Now, you should also know that there are strict limits on financial assets like savings, investments, and property other than your primary residence. Okay. Interesting. So it sounds like that extra help program may really be an essential lifeline for some people out there. Absolutely. And Social Security also provides translation and interpretation services. Many people who speak English as a second language need to reach out to staff with questions uh, or for help. And to make them as comfortable as possible, Social Security provides a complimentary interpreter service to anyone who makes a request or demonstrates a need for language assistance. Additionally, written materials are available in numerous different languages as well. Yeah. And as you've both mentioned on previous shows, some Social Security beneficiaries may work in foreign countries and some foreign nationals may work here in America. So what services are available to them? Well, Tony, folks in either of these situations may be facing dual payroll taxation, which is yeah, which is having to pay into two different countries, retirement systems from the same wages. So to reduce confusion, Social Security has agreements with 30 countries that have similar retirement programs. Now, the agreements typically allow workers to pay payroll taxes to one country's retirement system at a time. So Social Security also allows workers covered by the agreements to combine credits that they've earned from employment in more than one country to ensure they qualify for retri- retirement benefits in the country where they claim them. Yeah, that's that's important. And those agreements sound like they, they'll be really helpful for some people, but paying into two different countries' retirement systems sounds like another good reason to be working closely with a financial services professional if you find yourself in that situation. Now, that is a great point, Tony. Now, another Social Security service to be aware of is benefits to grandchildren. Now, <clears throat> as the article explains, almost three million children in the United States are being raised by a grandparent or grandparents. Many of those kids are eligible for Social Security benefits. In many cases, if you're providing at least half of a grandchild's financial support and their natural parents are deceased, disabled, or unable to regularly provide support, the child can collect dependent or survivor benefits when you retire, become disabled, or if you passed away. Now, if you're already claiming Social Security benefits when you begin caring for a grandchild, you are required to legally adopt the child in order for them to receive your benefits. Mm. You guys gave us so much great information today. It's a lot to soak up. So if our listeners have questions, Cole, before we go, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Well, they can give us a call anytime, Tony, at 715-355-4445, or they can visit our website, retirewithbushka.com. All right. Sounds good. And that does it for today's episode of Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. 
Thank you for listening to Financially Speaking with Sue and Cole. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Sue and Cole at Bushka Retirement Solutions and Bushka Wealth Management. Call 715-355-4445 or visit them online at retirewithbushka.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Bushka Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin. Insurance products and services are offered through Bushka Retirement Solutions, Inc. Bushka Wealth Management, LLC and Bushka Retirement Solutions, Inc. are affiliated companies. Sue Bushka, Cole Bruner, Bushka Retirement Solutions, LLC, and Bushka Wealth Management, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.